Welcome to Conversation Mill. My name is Rebecca Dale and I am the host of the show. I have a passion for sharing how the creation of thriving local economies benefits us all. I'm fascinated by how we come together to form our communities on a macro and micro scale and how our histories and stories when shared can not only motivate and inspire, but can facilitate understanding. As our communities, large and small, bring back a more progressive Main Street, individuals are stepping out to pursue their passions and local leaders are pushing back against corporate greed. It's time to engage these community leaders and small business owners in conversation. What are the driving forces behind their courage and success and how can we continue to build communities that embrace diversity, support the local economy, and create a healthy ecosystem for the culture at large? Join us now in conversation. Are you a foodie? Have you had authentic Hawaiian with a modern twist from recipes handed down generation to generation? and made with the culture and community in mind? I'm gonna say you haven't, unless you've eaten here at Sparky's on Maui. Sitting down and chatting with Duke Sparks is one of the highlights for me of this season. It is always so refreshing and motivating for me to hear the stories of successful local entrepreneurs that humbly participate in bettering their community. Duke and his team understand that a healthy, successful community means a healthy and successful business. Get ready for your mouth to water as Duke describes some of the top menu items that highlight culture and flavor. During our chat, Duke brings up kalbi ribs. For our listeners who may not know, these are Korean barbecue short ribs. Now, join us in conversation. Let's start with just what is Sparky, so our listeners understand what we're talking about today. Okay, yeah, definitely. Um, so Sparky's is it was a dream of ours that that it started um, about seven, eight years ago. It was a dream that where we could share our our family recipes to mm-hmm. the community of Maui. You know, being that um, I went to college in Honolulu, there's okay. a lot of great food. You know, yeah, moved back home and I was like. Where's the best local moko on the island? Mm-hmm. You know, where's 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 the best barbecue chicken? Like, where can we find these kind of things? And for some reason, Maui was just like, you know, we had nothing. We didn't have so much great places. So, you know, when we created Sparky's, you know, for us, it was how can we share? You know, how can we share our family recipes that we love so much with the community of Maui? And yeah. that's how Sparky's was created, you know. And where'd that name Sparky's come from? So it actually, um, so my last name is Sparks. Okay. And, um, my my dad, <laughs> uh, his nickname was Sparky. Okay. You know, so everyone, you know, and of course we we would use the pigeon tongue. You know, my aunties, my uncles, whenever they see my father, would be like, "Sparky, how are you?" Uh-huh. You know. So ever since then, you know, we're like. You know, we want it to be a little ring, you know, as to your modern, like, Hawaiian dish or, like, 808 grinds or 808 plates. You know, we wanted it to be, like, Sparky's, you know, like, someplace, yeah. something that rings, you know, other than just that normal, local name. Yeah. So that's that's where the name came from, my dad. Can you, you've kind of started to already do it, but can you describe the menu to us and maybe 
to help out our listeners who have never had culturally Hawaiian food, right. what it is and what some of the terms are you using you're using because some people might not have ever even associated getting that great meal with the word grinds. Right, right, right. So um <clears throat> so our menu of course consists of family members and and of course family members and some of our friends you know that that consist of men so everything was homemade mm-hmm. you know down to actually my actually down to my grandma you know so one of our staple items on our menu is our mom's noodle mac salad you know everyone is so used to to the elbow mac salad yeah, yeah. but we make our mac salad out of um spaghetti noodles you know and that's that's something that's something new to our generation, but something mm-hmm. old to the generation before us. You know, that's that's kind of how they made it. And from what, you know, to the best ability of my knowledge, they used to use spaghetti noodle because it was the cheaper option uh, at the time. Sure. Yeah. Um, of course, it's not the cheaper option now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we were we were raised on this spaghetti noodle salad and... It has been actually one of our staples for uh, for for Sparky's now. Is is you know you come to Sparky's and everyone wants that noodle mac salad. You know people buy it by by the pounds, honestly, by the pans. You wow. know, and it's 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 been a staple. And you know I I'm kind of rewinding back, but what made Sparky's is of course our signature smoked meat. Mm. So that started the the I guess you can say the empire of Sparky's. Okay, you know, being that we have two food trucks and now a restaurant you know we're actually at the end of this month we're going to have a third food truck and we're we're looking for a place to place it so country area or kihei area Mm. that's kind of where we're looking at so just uh you know we're not too sure yet but we'll get the details sorted out but yeah so going back to our smoked meat um, our signature smoked meat is what started sparky's and that was actually created by my brother um he's the he's the eldest of us um he actually created this recipe on a on a mess up, okay. you know. So, <laughs> you know, he, he kind of added ingredients together from an uncle, but it wasn't his recipe because he messed up the entire recipe. But the recipe actually came out better than what the original recipe was from my uncle. Nice. So, you know, and ever since then, you know, we we started off with our original smoked meat, which was our guava glaze, and we have now. You know, as the years went on, we actually added a couple more um, more flavors to our rest. So you can get four different flavors, our guava glaze. Um, my favorite that I recommend to everybody is a spicy pineapple smoked meat. That's like my all-time favorite. And then, of course, if you want to go sweeter, we have our strawberry glaze. And our if you want to go a little bit tangy, our lily koi glaze. Mm. So I do recommend the smoked meat. If this is your first time coming to Sparky's, it's definitely our signature dish. Love anything with Lily Coy. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. My all-time favorite, my personal favorite, is of course uh, local mocha. Mm-hmm. You know that is that is the modern staple dish of Hawaii. You know, it's 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 the local mocha. You know, everyone who comes here to visit, you know, where do I find the best local mocha? Mm-hmm. And for the tourists that come here and try it for the first time, you know, it's. It's it's you know they have a lot of mixed feelings towards it, but if if you're a born and raised or a, a local that's been here for a long time, yeah. you know that local moko is the staple. Mm-hmm. You know, with the modern day, you know modern day, and I want to say modern day Hawaiian food. Mm. You know, as far as the last menu option, I want to kind of like highlight is of course our authentic Hawaiian food. Mm-hmm. 
you know, which comes down to, which was passed on from generations to generations, you know, even before, you know, the time that I can count back with our great, 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 great grandfather and mother, you know, it's just, it's been the authentic of the Hawaiian people back in the day, mm-hmm. you know, where how can I kind of like transition our authentic Hawaiian food to our modern day food? So we call it our Kalua pig, right? Okay. Our Kalua pig plate. It's definitely slow cooked pork um, that is shredded, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like if you're going to use it in the mainland or anywhere else, they'll call it pulled pork. Right. Yeah. So that's the kind of the resemblance between the Kalua pig and the pulled pork. Okay. Well, I'm sure anyone listening is hungry now. So <laughs> that's good. <laughs> right. <laughs> so let's back up a little bit. You talked about these being family recipes and how much the family uh is involved from all these different angles where did your love for food come from was that passed down from your family you know um yeah it was definitely passed down to the family um my dad you know my mom you know we did a lot of a lot of um church activities back Mm -hmm. in the day you know of course church was the staple in the forefront of my my family you know um uh, so we did a lot of fundraising for the church mm. to where my dad and my mom was the main cooks for the church and leading the fundraisers. So, you know, our whole life we were around food. Yeah. Definitely didn't want to do food when I started as an early adult. You know, I was like, because I know, you know, how hard it is. Right. Food is a hard thing to do. You mm-hmm. know, it's not... Everyone thinks it's easy when you're cooking for four or five people, but when you're cooking for a thousand people a day, it's not... It's not so easy to stay consistent, mm-hmm. you know. So, but yeah, so that's kind of where it started with, with with me. And you said you came back to Maui. You were looking for those good food options, didn't see it, and you were like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it." What was that origin story? What? How did Sparky's come into being? And I was funny, you know. It's so funny you said that because, so um, of course we were we were raised and we were taught to to you know go to school graduate get a good job try and make it in the world sure. <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> try and going up and up you know to management and so on the time that I got out of school was in 2011 I believe in college and the recession just hit in 2008 mm-hmm. so it was a it was a very uncertain time still yeah you know where a lot of people weren't really hiring you know so I, I moved back home to Maui in 2012, and um, my my brother was like, hey, come to Corrections. They're always hiring, you know. So I ended up taking that path, and I got into the correctional facility as an as a ACO. Okay. And as the years went on, you know, I believe I worked there for like six, seven years. Oh. You know, I kind of started turning, getting older, mm-hmm. getting a little bit wiser, you know. And I was like, well, this is just not for me, you know. This is not. This is, I kind of sat down and thought about like, this is not the storybook ending for me. Mm. You know, I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to settle. You know, I, I, I kind of always had that drive to where I was like, no, I'm not going to settle for this. It's just not enough for me, mm-hmm. you know? So we kind of started doing food again and we we're like, you know, what? let's just, let's just try. Let's just see, you know, everyone loves our food. Every time we, you know, I bring food to potlucks or, you know, and so on, everyone loves it. So I'm like, you know, let's just try. We did smoked meat no matter what, like 
because everyone wanted to buy. So yeah. we're like, hey, let's just do a batch of smoked meat. Extra money, why not? Right? So we ended up um, doing this, 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 um, this little, this little like, like plate lunch sales that was, uh, we called it Aloha Plate Lunch Fridays. Uh-huh. And it was just me, my wife, and a couple of my friends, you know, and we're like, bro, let's just, who knows, we can make extra money, you know, we can, I don't know, we can go to Vegas, you know, we can yeah. do stuff, you know. And, you know, we started off with one account, which was, I remember this vividly, and so we started off with Jim Falk Motors, okay. where they would buy every Friday 30 plates from us. You know, at the time, of course, we were selling it cheap. There's no reset. I mean, there's no inflation at the time, you know. The cost of food was great, you know, and we're like, ah, we can sell it for cheap. So we're selling $10 plates and we're making $300 in a Friday. And we're like, wow, that's that's great great Mm -hmm. money, you know. It's like $300, fine, you know, it shoots. Yeah. To where other, other companies started to figure out that, hey, these these guys who are doing a lot of plate lunch Fridays are their food's pretty good. Like we should, you know, and they deliver, you know, it's uh-huh. a, it's a, it's a conveniency for us. We don't have to leave anywhere. So we started to get like 50 plates. Wow. Then as the weeks went by, we went to a hundred plates and you know, then we went to 200 plates and we're like, man, yeah, we're making that kind of money in a day. That's Imagine cool. if we was to do it every day, mm-hmm. you know, like, so we seen the you know I seen the I seen the potential mm-hmm. in this food industry you know where and I say it all the time like where do we eat you know everyone every day is probably saying the same thing like where do we eat? there's mm-hmm. no place to eat like where do we go yeah. so I was like why not open a local eatery you know whether it's a restaurant or whether it's a food truck and at the time the food trucks was kind of starting to get there you right. know so yeah. I was like hey. Let's go and try a food truck. So, you know, we, we raised the money. It costed us, you know, $10,000 at the time mm-hmm. to get our first food truck. And we went all in. <laughs> we yeah. were like, let's go. Yeah. You know, and once I seen the the food truck kind of like substitute my income that I was making, mm-hmm. you know, that's when I kind of, you know, put in my two weeks. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm done working nine to five. You know, yeah. I'm going to work for myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's. I, I always love talking about this topic with business owners because there's so many people out there who are passionate about something or good at something, yeah. and they think, "Oh, I can't make a living out of this." Or the thought of transitioning yes. and growing it like that is so scary. I know I experience it myself, having my own business of like taking that leap and being like, "No, I believe I can do this. Right. I have the right product, or I have the right." talent or whatever. How did you kind of push through that? Was that like test where it grew and grew and grew where you were just like, we got this, like I can do it? Or is there always kind of that fear there? And how do you manage that as a business owner? You know, so for me, um, you know, and this is, this actually carries on, you know, before, of course, I was an adult when I was actually in middle school and in high school, I played a lot of sports. Mm. You know, and um, I definitely wanted to be a starter Yeah. every time. No one wants to be a bench player, right? Of course right. not. I mean, you don't play the sport to not show your talents. Right. You know, and that's, I mean, I guess with that whole mindset of, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to make it, I'm going to be number one, you know, with, with, yeah. with that kind of mindset, it kind of helped me, Yeah. you know, transition into life now. You know, it's like, 
No, I mean, there's there's no B plan. There's mm. only an alpha plan. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not I'm not even looking for a Bravo plan because there's no such there's no such thing as failure. Mm. You know, of course, it's gonna be a hard road. I mean, like like anything else, you know, like you you know, as a young kid, you start off with training wheels. You don't start off with a two wheeler bike. You right. know, you start off you start off in small increments, small wins. You know, and that's what I tell everyone: take the wins. Mm. You know, every single small win is a big win, honestly, even though if you think it or not, you know, and I remember I had a good friend of mine tell me when I first started the business and he, and he was a successful entrepreneur and he told me, he's like, Hey, if you make a dollar today, that's more than you made yesterday. Mm. And I told him, I was like, dollar doesn't go too far in Hawaii, but I see what you're trying to say, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you know, for me, I mean, my advice that I can give for um, early entrepreneurs is, you know, you have to go all in. You know, you, 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 you treat your business like a business, you'll get paid like a business. Mm. You treat it like a hobby, you'll get paid like a hobby. Right. You know, that's the best advice I can give with anyone. Mm. Of course, it's scary, you know, um, especially with everyone's opinions coming. Mm. Everyone, for some reason, has a negative opinion than a positive opinion. Yeah. You know, I don't know why, but that's just how this world is built. Mm. But it's up to you as an entrepreneur to t tune out the noise mm. and literally just tunnel vision and focus, yeah. you know. And I and I like to tell my wife and my kids and my family members and everything and, and everyone, whether you do good or bad, there's always consequences mm. on both sides. Yeah. No matter how you look at it. Mm. So why not just take the ball and run? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like just run. Oh, I love I love that that line, good or bad, there's consequences. Yeah. So yeah. go for it. Yeah, just go for it. Um, you you mentioned food costs a little bit earlier, and I, I want to talk about that because that's so relevant yeah. right now with inflation and right. what the markets are doing and and concerns growing. How are you managing those food costs now without without pr outpricing your menu so that people are like, wow, I can't afford, right. you know, a $50 plate lunch or something. Yeah. How how do you manage that? So with with food costs, it's it's, it's very, very tricky. Mm -hmm. Of course. It's um it's probably, you know, when it comes to food, the margins is so tight. Right. It's really to anybody who's trying to do food, you really have to be a whiz when it comes to accounting, when yeah. it comes to balancing the margins, because it's so tight that, you know, like you said, we, we can't overprice our food to where we can have a comfortable margin. Mm -hmm. We have to price our food to where the margin works, to pay the bills, right. to pay the employees, and to make some kind of profit to better my life as an entrepreneur and my family's life, right? Right. But not enough to break the bank for right. people, you know? Right. Um, so with inflation, and I've, I've been, you know, I do the numbers on inflation since day one, mm -hmm. you know, and this was, I believe, last year or the ending of the year before last year, I believe it was, mm -hmm. was 2021, is when inflation kind of started like, right. coming into play. And I've seen, and everyone in Hawaii knows what Calbee is. You know, Calbee is, you know, it's 
from when my parents grew up with kalbi, it was one of the cheapest meats at the time. Okay. So that's the reason why Hawaii is so used to to eating kalbi ribs. Okay. Know? So because it was a cheaper food product before. Gotcha. So mm-hmm. that's why everyone's so stuck to it now. Yeah. Because you know, as the generations go on, and it kind of like spam, right? Yeah. Spam used to be really cheap back in the day. Now it's like five dollars a can, right? right. <laughs> so it's like, oh my god. Right. <clears throat> but you know, people in Hawaii are so used to eating it, right? Yeah. So I've actually seen a ten pound case of Calbi go from I believe it was eighty dollars. In a matter of two, three months, it went to a hundred it went to eighty dollars to a hundred and sixty dollars, which is a hundred percent increase in inflation. One hundred percent. So now you're selling a Calbi plate for eighteen dollars. Mm. And that hundred percent increase in product. Right. Technically, you would have to sell a Calbi plate for thirty-six to thirty-eight dollars. Yeah. And, you know, for us, it's we're like, I just can't do that. Mm-mm. So, unfortunately, we're going to take it off our menu. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't buy a cowboy plate at $38, you know. I, I, right. I'll go and make my own. Right, right. <laughs> go to the store, marinate my own, and make my own, you know. It's just, yeah. but in order to stay above float, that's what a company would have to do to mm. sell the plate because of the 100% increase in inflation. Yeah. And... That is with every food source now. Yeah. So, you know, as one of, you know, my favorite food, you know, on my menu is Lokomoko, right? Mm -hmm. I've seen it go from $2 a pound to $4.50 a pound. That's Mm -hmm. a hundred and like 25%. Yeah. So, you know, when people come in and they're like, it's so expensive, you know, it's really not. It's right. it's according to what we get the product at, mm-hmm. you know. So we go with the trend, and 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 you know, and and it and it sucks, and I understand because some people can't really afford it. I, I get it. Yeah, you know, it's it's very expensive here in Hawaii. Right. But in order for us as a small business to stay above float and to continue to serve our delicious food, we have to go with the inflation. Right. You know. And of course, we try our best not to raise the prices. Everyone tries, you know. Especially if you're, if if you are a true local here, mm-hmm. and and you really care about your community, that's the last thing in our head is we want to do is raise our prices because we made it at selling twelve dollar plates right. back in the day. You know, the, we we would love to go back down to twelve dollar, and mm-hmm. everyone's happy. Yeah, you know, me and the community included. Yeah. You know, so. That was that was you know when when it came to inflation and 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 food cost, it's real people. It's not yeah. it's not a made up number that uh, a business owner is just doing. It's real. It's and you guys should know. You go and shop at oh, a grocery yeah. store. Mm-hmm. You know before you could fill up a wagon with three hundred dollars. Now it's a thousand dollars. You know it's like. How does that play into like food security here in Hawaii and more local foods being grown here or more meats being butchered here that would bring down some costs as far as it it would knock out those shipping costs and those fuel costs of getting products here. Have you been involved at all with, with some of that like local food movement? You know, to be to be real honest, local food is still more expensive than getting mm-hmm. it overseas. Because they're working so hard to meet their 
you got to think. So in order to raise a cow here in Maui, right? right. Inflation's so high here in Maui. Mm-hmm. You know, they need their shots. Mm-hmm. They need their salt blocks. They need their medication. Mm-hmm. They need water to grow the grass for them to eat. And it's a lot more expensive right. here than in Texas. You know, it's right. like... Right, And so now, you know, you can go buy a, a piece of meat in Texas. I mean, I'm just giving ballpark numbers, mm-hmm. you know, for 100 bucks. But now you're in Maui buying a piece of meat for 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, even though if it's home, even though if it's cattle raised here in Maui, it's because it costs so much for them to upkeep the cattle here yeah. that it's still cheaper if you was to buy from the mainland. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I get it where everyone say, let's support local. Yeah. Let's, oh, yeah, definitely. That is the number one goal. You know, mm-hmm. that we, we want to build a self-sustaining, I guess you can say, ecosystem here in Maui. Yeah. And it's sad to say this, but I don't think we can ever build a self-sustaining ecosystem here in Maui. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's just too much to get those other costs. Yes. Down. I mean, in that example of raising a cow here or cows here, you need to somehow figure out how to have more water. So, more unless you're doing rain catchment and using that, or like you mentioned, the medications, like right. if they're not being made here, right. if they're not in yeah, exactly. supply, so, you know, you're still buying them from somewhere else. And then the, the you know, the the, the salary here mm, mm-hmm. for a rancher to get paid. Right. You, know, it's, you got to take that into account too, as far as the mainland. It's like, you've seen it, you know, mm-hmm. cost of home here is a million dollars. Right. And that's for a uh, home made in 25 years ago. Right. right. <laughs> you know? And yeah. if you go and buy a million dollar home in the mainland that was made this year, you're going to get like a 10 bedroom mansion. Right. You know, so that's, that's just how Hawaii works. You mm-hmm. know, like it's, 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 it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. It really is. You know, it really is. Um, I can go on for days about this. <laughs> yeah, so I'll just yeah. kind of cut it there. But, you know, so yes, do we try and support local? Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we try, yeah. we try our best, um, but then you know, there's other times that we can't support local because of our situation. Of course, you know, if we go ahead and buy a more expensive product, fortunately, we got to sell it a lot more expensive, right? So it kind of, kind of throws off the balance, you know, in right. in us selling quality food, but at a at a price that people can afford. Yeah, you know, so that's. We're since we're kind of talking about Hawaii, can we talk a little bit about how food and culture? I mean, they're the same thing, right? They're oh, yeah. synonymous. Um, oh, yeah. Whenever we think of cultures around the world, I think for most of us, the first thing we think about is their food. Whether we're thinking Mexican food or yep. Greek or Italian yep. or German or whatever it may be. So. Can you talk to me a little bit about how culture plays into your food specifically? And uh, and I'll take a video of this after the podcast, but you have um, some heroes here on the wall. Um, so you're really celebrating the queens and kings of Hawaii. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. So um, the reason why we have these four on the wall, and, um, and I'm going to start off with Kamehameha, um, King Kamehameha I, you know, of course, if you don't know his story, it's real easy to find it on Google. <laughs> uh, he 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 actually he united the 
the um, the Hawaiian Islands, and mm-hmm. he brought his people together under one rule. You yeah. know, um, as far as us at Sparky's, we feel that we can bring every single culture to mm-hmm. our restaurant under one roof and have our tasteful food, you know, bring everyone together. Doesn't, you know, we, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, black, white, yellow, brown, blue, you mm, know, we, we, we all can share what Hawaii has to offer and, you know, through food. Because mm. food was definitely one of the staples here in Hawaii. Yeah. And that's what brings our people together mm. to this day. Yeah. You know, so... And then we have Queen Kapiolani. So she she's actually my favorite. And and the reason why she's my favorite is because this queen actually created a health system for our Hawaiian people. Mm. And if you guys don't know, in, in Honolulu, we have um, Kapiolani Medical Hospital. I know this is kind of R&R, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll share with you. My, my two children were born premature. And, you know, with the help of Queen Kapiolani Medical Hospital, they're healthy as as they can be now. You yeah. know? And I owe it all to this queen because of her vision, mm. you know, with helping women and children. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know this is kind of going off subject as well, but this that is what— goosebumps. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, you know. And, you know, one of mine and my wife's and my family's biggest goal is for us to open a nonprofit mm-hmm. to actually feel and— give back to Queen Kapiolani Medical Hospital in any way that we can, whether it's through food or it's through money, mm. you know, any way that we can support. So that's in the works for us, yeah. you know, to give back in that way. That's awesome. Um, and as far as Princess Poali, um, she's up there because my wife is a common male graduate. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, of course, my wife wanted to make a staple you know, <laughs> to, to have her princess up there that created common male schools. But she, she actually, she's a big, she's a big part of Hawaii's success. You know, mm-hmm. giving our Hawaiian people the education we need. Yeah. You know, and Kamehameha schools here in Hawaii is probably the number one school in the state. Mm-hmm. You know. As far as if you haven't been to the Maui campus, you should go because it's probably nicer than 99% of the colleges in the mainland. Okay, That's yeah. how beautiful this place is. It's ridiculous. You know, and then as far as Duke, Kanumoku, um, we chose him because me and my wife, we we, we were athletes growing up, mm. you know, and um, he was the father. He was the Hawaiian father that put us on the map nationally. Mm-hmm. You know, because of his swimming and be, um, and because of his surfing, right? Yeah. So, because of these four founding fathers and mothers, if you want to call them kings and queens, they were these four is the reason why Hawaii stands today. Mm. So, if you want to look at it at my point of view, these are the greatest four entrepreneurs that Hawaii has to offer. You know, and that's why they're on my wall. I love that. You know? Yeah, that's such a great way to honor. Uh, the history and the culture of this place is beautiful. And, you know, so how, you know, the, the question before was how does food, you know, interpret with our culture? Yeah. You know, food is everything, actually. You know, food is, food is life. Mm. You know, it's, you know, and from my understanding, and of course, I hope I don't ruin this, uh, you know, my, <laughs> My mother, Luana Caval, who helps me with all of my Hawaiian, you know, speaking. And then my sister, Kamalani Caval, who helps me with 
everything that I have to do with Hawaiian. And food is, you know, our pico, mm -hmm. you know, which is the which gives us life, mm -hmm. right? You know, as a baby, you're in your mom's womb, attached to a pico. Mm. Same thing with food, and that's 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 how I look at it. Yeah, you know, food connects us to each other, no matter the race, no matter the color. You know, mm. but us as Hawaiian, or me as a Hawaiian, this is how I show my aloha, which is my love, mm. to not only my family and friends, but to everyone who comes into this restaurant or who eats from my food trucks you know you not only feel i mean i mean you not only taste the aloha but you feel the aloha you know and that's what makes us mm. you know if us as a hawaiian forget that as our number one moral mm. then us as a culture is dead yeah. you know so yeah when it comes to food like i said it's all about the pico it's all about the connection you mm. know as far as you go into your aunties or your uncles or a friend's house or someone's house and they offer you food. Unfortunately, you have to eat it. Mm -hmm. Whether you like it or not, just respectfully eat it. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> and that's just part of our culture because that's how we show our love and our gratitude, like welcome. Yeah. Eat. Mm -hmm. Let me feed you. Because like, I don't know one person in my lifetime who is not happy when they eat. <laughs> right. Right? So it's yeah. like, that's what brings the happiness yeah. out of everything I believe is food. And mm -hmm. that's what brings our culture and food so connected in mm -hmm. hand in hand. Yeah. yeah. Another big thing, and, and you kind of mentioned it with the nonprofit you're working on starting, but Sparky's is very involved in the community. Um, and I mean, you have a list of organizations that you've partnered with or supported. Talk to me a little bit about why being such a part of the community is so important to you and the Sparky's team. Definitely. Yeah. So in order for us to be successful, or, or you know, let me rewind it back. I mean, how we became sustainable and successful is because of our community. Mm -hmm. You know, it's because of our faithful Sparky's, you know, um, uh, guest that would come and eat, you know, and... Also, growing up, I'm born and raised here on Maui. Um, being an athlete, the community is what came together to put on our um, functions growing up, you know. And and um, I know as a kid growing up, you know, I my family didn't have so much, you know. We, you know, my my mom, you know, worked numerous jobs. You know, my dad was disabled. And we didn't have so much growing up. Mm -hmm. To uh, so you know, growing up as a student athlete, you know, I, I was I couldn't even ask my mom for a new pair of cleats. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just it was just it was just far fetched. Yeah. Right? Um. So when me and my wife kind of started this, I remember the past and was like, you know, how can we help the community? You know, and for me and her was. How can we help the children? How can we help the next generations? Mm. You know, and that's, I'm a firm believer in helping them, mm. you know, in every way I can. Of course, there's a lot of organizations up there. So, yes, do we need to pick and choose? Of course. We, yeah. can't, we can't help everyone, but we will try, you know, as yeah. much as we can. Yeah. You know, whatever means that we have, we'll, we'll help, you know. And 
speaking of helping, you know, there was, there was during the pandemic in 2020, mm-hmm. um, we were actually driving to the food truck, me, a couple of my workers. And um, I live in Paco Cabo and I was driving on beach road and uh, we have a food truck here at Costco. Okay. And we were driving to work, and I, I looked I looked to my right, and there was actually a, a line of cars, like, from the Maui Memorial. Oh, wait, sorry. Um, the stadium. Okay. Uh, stadium in uh, Wailuku, all the way to Jack in the Box. And if, and, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's, it was probably like a mile to two miles long of cars. Okay. And, you know, I look at my, my, my workers, and I'm like, hey, what's going on here? Right, I'm gonna everybody's lined up. What's going on? Like, oh, dude, you know they're they're getting food. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? What do you mean they're getting food? And I was like, people are starving, bro. I was like, I gotta see this for myself. So you know, we took a loop and we came around and we started passing all these cars. And mind you, I just um, my wife just gave birth mm-hmm. to my son, so my mm-hmm. son was an infant, and I know what it felt like to be a father. Mm-hmm. And as I'm driving past these cars and I'm seeing people, you know, get their goodie bag or their bag worth of food, I see a car with um, a couple of kids in the backseat. And at that instant, I just, you know, I felt tears coming down my face. And I was like, you know, I looked at my workers and I was just like, I don't understand. Make me understand, guys. That I do. People are starving. Mm -hmm. Right. That's not, you know, and so as these tears are coming down my face, I'm just looking at my workers and I'm in a review mirror and I'm just looking at them like, we're going to do something. Mm-hmm. We're going to do something now. Like, we're, we're going to do something. Mm-hmm. So that year in 2020, we actually partnered up with a nonprofit organization and they were actually feeding families mm-hmm. um, on the West Side. So okay. I was like, you know what, let's partner up with them. They were partnered up. And this is the first time I seen this. And, and, and honestly, it was a beautiful sight to see. Mm. Um, I actually seen four churches come together. And this was, um, shucks, how do I say it? It was it was a Christian church, a Catholic church, uh, um, um, Latter-day Saints, and I, I believe the Mormons. Mm. And, you know, it was, it was four different religions coming that. together for one cause. Yeah. And I was just like, whoa. That's you know you don't you don't see that in your lifetime. No, like everyone no, has their own that. beliefs, right? Yeah. You know, everyone has their own beliefs. I was like, bro. So anyway, um, you know the uh, the main person of the organization uh, for the nonprofit is like, oh, we're gonna feed some families. Do um, how much are you willing to donate? And I was like, you know, uh, I mean, as much as it takes. Like, well, I don't know. That's a, that's yeah. a kind of you know, it's kind of a broad question, right? right? Yeah. Well, how much do you want me to feed? You know, <laughs> like I mean, what is our what is our projected number? You know, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, Duke, it's honestly, it's up to you. So I was like, and Duke, by the way, you're partnered with three other companies, and I was like, no, and I was like, yeah, yeah, you are, um, and you're the only small business owner. I was like, oh, okay, shoot, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, so the other three is corporate, and you know. I'm like, <laughs> I shouldn't name their names on this on this podcast, so I won't name their names. Okay, <laughs> but these f- three other corporate accounts, you know, and let's just say they're in the tourist industry mm-hmm. and they make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Okay? And you have me, small business owner. Okay, mm-hmm. we can only do so much, right? As a small business, yeah. so he comes back to me. So each corporation is going to feed forty people. 40? 40. 
Uh-huh. So I'm only on a 40 people. Did you wow. just say 40 people? I was, like, I was like, yeah. So each corporation gave for 40 people, 40 people, 40 people. You're like, I think they're all missing a zero at yeah, the end of- right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, or two. Yeah. And I'm just like- Wow. So I looked at the, I, I, you know, I looked at the nonprofit organizer and I was like, well, I said Sparkies is going to feed 400 families. Mm-hmm. I don't care. It's not even about the money. It's not about the tax write-offs. It's nothing about that. This is, I can do other things and get tax write-offs. I can go buy a car and get a tax write-off. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't care. I'm not doing this for a tax write-off. Mm-hmm. And he's like, wow, dude, thank you. That's that's generous of you. you know, that's very generous of you. I was like, oh, thank you so much, you know. Mm-hmm. I, and I was like, but I'm not doing this for a thank you or to feel good. I'm doing this because this is the right thing to do. Yeah. You know, this is right. So as the event starts and we're like, I close down my whole company. I bring everyone from Wailuku from Kahului, you know, and we bring, I bring all of my workers there. And mind you, you know, we, we close on the company, so there's no profit for the day. Right. You right. know, uh, all hands on deck. I have to pay my workers to, uh, to make this, you know, so yeah. we're, we're, and we're just banging out food. And these, these, these churches are coming one by one and just, you know, we're giving them food. Yeah, take them to, take them to, oh, you know, we can make extra 50 more heads. We have enough food for that. Let's go. Let's, let's, you know, and then I'm like looking at my chefs, like get in the food truck, make more food. Like let's give up everything we have. Yeah. I don't even care. You know, like let's just feed everyone. And, you know, at at the end of the day, you know, I sat down and I, you know, mm-hmm. I looked at my wife and I, you know, I held my, I held my son mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, this is what makes me and what makes us Hawaiian, you know, this, this, this here, mm-hmm. you know, people miss, they, they, they miss the fact of our culture. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the, the aloha that we have, you know, this is what makes it. Mm-hmm. And if I can teach my son and the generations after me to, continue to live this way you know with aloha and be pono mm-hmm. and everything we do we should be okay yeah you know and that's about it. that's such a important story and thank you for sharing that with me because it, and it's also that the more blessings you give out the more blessings you get back of course and Definitely. if you're a small business owner and you're stepping out to support your community to any capacity you have, when the community is healthy and whole again, they're going to come support you. Yeah. So, it and it isn't a selfish notion. It's right. a that's the that's the right thing to do. It's the right thing for a small business owner to do, and it's the right thing for the community to do when they're healthy is to support local, healthy financially, physically, whatever it may be, to support local. So. Yes. That's the that's the beauty that can happen with local economies and community when it's yeah. done from, like you said, that place of aloha yeah. and 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 in love. Yeah. yeah. One more question before yeah. I uh, let you go today, and this is a question I ask all my guests: If there was anybody living or dead that you could sit down with and have a conversation like we did today, who would you want to sit down with? <laughs> and I'll, um. The late Alden Ke Aloha, you know, it's, um, 
the grandfather of my wife. Mm. You know, he's he's definitely the man I am today is because of him. You know, um, I've seen how he ran his business with Kailua Construction. Mm. And I know I just know he'll be so proud. Yeah. You know, everything that he did, you know, I, I continue to do with my company. You know, take care. You know, show Aloha. You know, and our people here in Hawaii, they think that it's far-fetched to own a house. You know, it's, mm. it's far-fetched to live here now. Mm. You know, we're getting, you know, I, I've, I've heard this saying in the last year a million times. We're getting priced out of Hawaii. You know, and I, and I continue to hear that saying. And, you know, um, <laughs> I'm a very blunt person, so I'll, I'll try my best to make it very nice. That's all right. You can be blunt. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. You know, um, it's a choice. That's what it is. It's a choice. You know, so to my native people, who feel that they're getting priced out of Hawaii or even local people. Cause you know, I have a lot of friends who's not of Hawaiian descent and who was born and raised on this Island. And I look at just because they don't have the cocoa doesn't mean they're not local. Right. You know, they're they're Yeah. I, you know, I believe blood don't make you Hawaiian. You know, I believe you as a person make yourself your loyalty or just in general, just Pono just, yeah. Your aloha. But that is, you know, to this day, funny you said, you asked that question because I always tell my wife, like, if only Papa could see what we are now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And she tells me this every time. He sees. He's smiling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, he's probably up there. Yeah, that's my, that's my, that's my, that's my son-in-law. That's my, that's my daughter. You know, that's my, that's my, and he's just rejoicing, like, yeah, that's my lineage, you know, mm-hmm. that's my. Yeah. And I'm just like, but if you could only see, man, because <laughs> he was a tough entrepreneur as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pretty sure we'll get into a lot of long discussions, uh-huh. but he would be happy at the same time. <laughs> yeah. mm, I love that. No. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast day and sharing there's so much. I think I'm going to be reflecting on it all day of yeah. just really thinking differently about, about community. Yeah. It's such a, such a big part of what you do. And and I love how your heart just comes through, not only for your food, but your culture and your community. Yeah. Um, and I'll make sure I link to your website and um, some more people know to come and find Sparky's. I also yeah. love, and I'm going to do a little video outside. Yeah. I love how, the outside of the building, when you walk in here, it's such a dramatic oh. shift <laughs> of feeling like you're walking into a warehouse to walk into such a great dining space. So I'm definitely <laughs> going to do a video and share that with our listeners because um, that's one of my favorite parts of coming over here. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's funny to say because everyone, when they step through the door for the first time, they're like, whoa, whoa <laughs> what's going on? You know, it was like, I didn't know this existed in here. You yeah. know, it's like... Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And mahalo nui for having me on. Thank you for being a listener of Conversation Mill. The podcast is growing, but we need your continued support in the form of comments, likes, and subscriptions. If you've enjoyed even one episode, please take two minutes to comment under the episode or the podcast itself or rate the podcast. 
Hitting the subscribe button wherever you listen to the podcast helps tremendously. Every like and subscribe helps me support local businesses and local nonprofits by giving them a platform to tell their stories. Together, we can foster the understanding, diversity, and economies that make our individual communities flourish while creating our own community here at Conversation Mill. Also, you can join us at conversationmill.substack.com where you can become a member and receive weekly member-only content, including member-only episodes. I look forward to sharing a new conversation with you next week. And as always, thank you for your support.